Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mental Toughness and Body Show. Uh, today, I have a great guest with me, Rick Selmeron, who is a certified financial planner. Now, uh, Rick is based in uh, the US, and the reason I've got him on today is on this show, we talk about mental toughness, we talk about health and wellness as well, and I do believe wealth without health is uh, really a broke uh, but a way to help set you up for financial freedom is a passion of mine. I was a, um, a chartered accountant in my previous life. And so it, that personal investment is a real hobby of mine. Um, so Rick, thank you so much for joining the show today. It was truly an honor when I heard from you, Rob, to say, can you be a guest on my podcast? It's a privilege to be here. Thanks for asking. Well, thank you so much. Uh, so uh, let's talk a, a little bit about a, a couple of things. So you're a certified financial planner and you're also independent, which I love. So perhaps can you tell us a little bit, because there'll be a, a lot of people listening that perhaps have thought about the concept of using a financial planner. I think it's somebody that's absolutely essential in your inner circle of, of trust, along with the accountant, lawyer, uh, your, your business coaches and so forth. Um, but tell us a little bit about why a financial planner is so important and also the independence factor? Well, the independence factor brings in with it a sense of unbiased approach. No, no particular sticks in the fire, no proprietary this or that. And that's frankly what I look for myself in seeking out other services of other people. You want to make sure you're working with someone who's truly independent, who's at liberty to give you guidance suggestions, advice that are untainted. That's really the the clearest type of map that one can ask for, if you ask me. So independence I, is important. Now, obviously, I'm in, the, uh, in Australia, you're in the US, so we might have some slight differences here. But what I see in Australia is that, say, those financial planners that are attached to, say, big organizations that they say, yeah, we've got the perfect product for you, but they're only ever going to refer you to those products that they're tied to. And for me, that's what I like about the independence. So you're, um, you don't know that you're getting the right product for you. You're getting a product that might be okay, but you're not getting an independent uh, product. And I, that's that's what we have in Australia. I'm assuming it's similar in the US. Very, very similar. Very similar. Not to say that the companies who have their own proprietary items are invalid. They certainly yeah. could be. It could be the right fit for the right situation. Yet if a person is looking for what could be my, frankly, my my all possibilities, my all alternatives, then the odds are you'll find a better place to resort to with an independent advisor versus not. Yes. So would you call that a red flag? Not necessarily, but something to look out for, for sure. Yes. And so tell me why, why is a financial plan is, is so important? Well, here's here's my view about life. All right. I see life as one big piece of mind square. Okay. So imagine a square. It's got four sides and those sides represent the important elements of a person's life. One of the sides is health. You can totally relate with that. I know, Rob. The other is relationships, the relationships with the professionals or the, the people or the family or the friends that you have. A third is contribution how you show up in the world, how you're giving back to the world and how the world sees you. And then the fourth is financial. 
is money. Yes. How is your money? Is it working? And so on. So if everyone just takes a pause and assesses their own, what I call peace of mind square and rank on each side, a score out of a 10, 10 being the best, how do you rank in all of those? And once you're in a 10 out of a 10 everywhere, you've got really true peace of mind. So why I feel like a financial advisor is so very important is in my view, and perhaps it's biased. However, of those four sides, I believe that financial side is the most important because the financial side supports, can support great health. It can support yeah. great relationships. It can support a great way to contribute or show up in the world in, in a magnificent way. So you it's not to say that you have to have an advisor on that side. Surely many people are out there making their own decisions on their own without a doubt. However, life is a lot better when you've got a trusted relationship in life, especially when it comes to the money side of your life. If you're working with an advisor that that's seasoned, experienced, knows what they're doing and that you trust, then you're going to be pursuing a 10 out of 10 score on that level faster than not. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Now, when you start to work with somebody, um, say for the first time, so to kind of paint a picture for, um, you know, somebody's interested in in uh, using your services, what's um, kind of the the summary process that you would go through to work out whether this is somebody that you want to work with, and so people understand that. Uh, you know, it, it is a real process where you've got to go through a, an assessment of risk and your tolerance for risk and all that kind of stuff, where your current financial position is, where you want to get to. Um, maybe just walk us through how you work with your clients. Sure. Well, it's really important to get a gauge of how, what the client wants to have happen in their life. You can, mm -hmm. with a financial advisor, you can have a transactional relationship or you can have a long-term advisory relationship. I prefer the advisory relationship versus the right. transactional relationship by far, because in my view, that's placing the client's best interests at heart first, yes. not the advisor's first. So when I speak with clients or potential clients for the first time, it's very important for me to know what is important to them. What are their, what are their values in life? And, and what does a joyful, enriched, fulfilling long-lasting life look like to them yes. what are those ambitions and those and those endeavors and those goals and that that's really kind of the creative side of things let's imagine together what you want your life to look like in 10 years and 20 years and so on and then where are you at it's like painting the picture of the point b yet finding out with the numbers and everything what your point a is and and assessing, is your money in the right buckets? Is it in the right places that is steering your financial ship in the direction that you want to? So this way we can identify what's working, what's not working to see what kind of alterations or tweaks or changes that need to happen right away or sometime later or sometime long-term so that that ship or that boat is guided in the place that you want it to land in eventually. So it's kind of a high yep. level description of how it should work. Yes, brilliantly said. And I'm, the approach that I take with people is not dissimilar. It's like where, mm -hmm. what, what is it that you're, that you're really after here in terms mm -hmm. of your, your health mm -hmm. and wellness? Uh, where are you at? And sometimes that shows up physically. You can see where somebody is at, but 
it, it's normally in the mindset as to what's caused them to be how they're showing up. And yeah. look, honestly, in the more that I get to see people, because I could be spending, you know, three hours a week, every week for years with somebody, I get to know their ins and outs and the financial stresses that people put themselves under uh, through lack of knowledge and just, I would say, just living on hope that one day we hope that we've paid off the mortgage and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and that then also has an impact through to their health. So everything is, is really interconnected, yeah. like the four sides of your square, you said. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. One of the best decisions that um, I, I made was to seek the services of a financial advisor uh, very early on in my adulthood because I knew that I wanted to be financially free. And I guess it's fair to say you don't know what you don't know. And I thought that, yeah, I was on the right pathway, but there are investment strategies and tax strategies and so forth that uh, like I assume it's the same in the US that like tax changes every year or every half year. Mm -hmm. And what was once maybe something good is not now, or there might be something that's mm -hmm. just a, a tax ruling for this year that you can get this benefit. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, I what it does for me, and this is why you need someone like you to assess your tolerance for risk and so forth. I didn't want to be waking up every morning and checking the, you know, the stock prices and see what's happened to my shares and so forth. I'm like, okay, let's get the right strategy in place. Let's set it, forget it. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's just keep adding into it so that it keeps growing and, and mm -hmm. so forth. I, I didn't want to have a lot of uh, real estate uh, properties where I'm worried about so I'm very, I'm probably a bit like you, I'm very left brain thinking and I'm like, it would drive me nuts if I drove past a property and I saw that somebody wasn't cutting the grass or I knew that they weren't taking care of the property and that kind of stuff. Um, so um, you have such a, a crucial role and the, the role that financial advising did for me was just knew that I had that blueprint for success. And I think that for me, is essential and i guess you said you prefer the advisory role just like me i i don't want to just give so i i do it for some people give them like a one-time plan say okay you're off and off and running but i want to see and celebrate with people the success and see um how it changes their life is that is that how you feel yeah, yeah you're you're hitting the nails on the head for sure i i see an advisor's roles an advisor's role as one where imagine if you're exploring, say, your your personal financial world and you're in control, you're making the decisions, yet you only have one flashlight in a dark room. And that flashlight can only point in the areas that, frankly, you're familiar with. Yes. Yet when you bring in an experienced, seasoned advisor who's, say, been around and has accomplished a lot for their existing clients, they're bringing their own flashlight into the dark room. They're able to show and shine the light on areas that, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. We this this all of us are are this applies to anybody. We walk around with our blinders on, and it's not possible for one person to absolutely know everything. I don't know everything, yet I've been in the business for thirty three years. I know a lot. Yet, do I know everything? Absolutely not. Yet, when you are making important decisions with your money, it sure does help when you've got some insight that you had no clue about. And something else that I'd like to expand on that you mentioned, which is very, very, very accurate, is it's important for people's money to stay current. Stay current. Because 
rules do change. And yeah. over time, things do change. Things become updated and things sunset and so on. So it's, uh, it's a full-time job, a full-time career to stay current with those things. If you're in a successful business owner, if you're a, a successful person in life, you've got a great life going, you've got a busy life going or all of the above, where are you going to find the time to also be a money expert and then stay on top of these things? Yes. Right. So when you've got a great advisor by your side, when you have a great financial dream team by your side, it's akin, in my view, of placing two jumbo jet engines on the airplane. It helps you yes. get to your goals in a faster ma manner than had it been just you piloting yourself alone. I love that analogy you say with the spotlight. I think um, we're very similar in, in, uh, in what we do from the perspective of, I would liken it to somebody that's just going to the gym and they're getting average results or staying the same. At somebody that, yeah, they're making their their repayments, they're paying off their debts and stuff, they're paying down their mortgage and so forth. But the right person will say, well, hang on a second, what do you do? You're going, you're doing this part, but what about this, this, and this? And when I first saw a financial advisor, uh, the things that came up were, okay, well, I didn't have uh, a will in place. I didn't have uh, like tax planning vehicles. So we put in place a, a family discretionary trust that might be called different things uh, in mm -hmm. US, but mm -hmm. uh, put a trust mm -hmm. in place. Uh, the insurances. So I know I realize we have different jurisdictional insurances mm -hmm. and so forth, but the income protection insurance, the superannuation, we have like third, uh, sorry, um, temporary permanent disability insurance attached to mm -hmm. our superannuation and all that kind of stuff. And I think mm -hmm. what it, what all of that did, it's like, oh, wow. I, if you don't know there's a gap, you just keep doing what you're doing. And they did yeah. shine, shine the light on those areas. And mm -hmm. once we had all that in place, it really was a case of, gee, you can go through each day with confidence, knowing that you're building your financial yeah. uh, freedom and your financial future. And like you say, uh, like I started that when I was probably 30, paid off the mortgages and stuff. It's like, right, now we want to build wealth. And so what's next? And then you know, they say, well, this is what it looks like at 60 and 65. It's like, gee, wow, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. A lot of this comes down to, Rob, I think you'll agree with this, especially comes to, to health, for example, is habits, in my view. Yeah. The behavior, I, I have so many people approaching me initially saying, Rick, what's the, where should I invest? What are the best investments? investments for you know this year that year or this time frame and and frankly the key not a key the key to successful long-term financial success independence whatever you want to call it very little to do with investment selection it should not be ignored yeah. however not a whole lot of time needs to be spent on that what needs to be spent on is behavior Yes. The actions that we take or the actions that we do not take will add up to whatever the end result is going to be when it comes to our money, when it comes to our health, when it comes to our relationships and, and so on. That rule of thumb can be applied to anything, yet it definitely applies to one's personal finances and one's wealth. When people see uh, that 
like an, an XYZ fund or a stock or whatever the case might be grew, you know, X percent in a year, people look at that and think, oh, wow, that's incredible. That's amazing. I want to participate in something like this. Yet there's a concept in my industry that's called the behavior gap. You mentioned the word behavior gap earlier, and that applies here because although what can be found on paper to look really great, there's a difference between that and the actual real world. There's many studies that show that when us humans begin to take over the wheel on our own and we bring in our emotional surges during a period of time with, with our investment life, we tend to make silly decisions. We yeah. tend to make bad actions and and procrastinate and fail to do this and that. So the actual, say, return experience for ourselves with our money is far poorer than what actually happens on paper. So it's all about behavior. I spend most of my time with my clients making sure that their behavior is set just right, that the be, the portfolio behavior is spot on. <laughs> Yes. And that's something that needs to be massaged over time. And that's really where a, an advisor can really help a person or a family. And I think we, we've we never lived in a, a time where it is so easy to spend. And the habit of not spending, just like the habit of saving, you get those two things happening uh, easily. Like, a, like how many subscriptions have people got that are just... Um, and you say, oh, well, it's only a few dollars, but it's a few dollars here and here. And you probably go through most people's uh, life and find that, well, you've got $50, $100 or more a month of stuff that, look, here's an example as if you invest that money over 20 years, how much does that look like? It's like, oh, really? But people don't look at it yeah. that way. Um, yeah. So you're talking about behavior there. And uh, obviously on this show, we like to talk about success and um, like well, obviously mental toughness, but the mental health side of things. So tell me your your perspective with self, self-esteem self and how that relates to success in what it is that you do. So it's also mm. is the same for what I do. If I were to, if I were to suggest any one place that anyone should invest time and money in, it's self-esteem. People ask me, Rick, what's the best investment? Uh, what should I, what's the best investment? And my response is, it's not this, you know, X, Y, Z fund or this or that or the other thing. It's, it's self-esteem. My, my self-esteem of myself, my, my, how I feel about myself, my self-estimate is the root of all of my decisions in my life. When I am feeling great about myself, I care about my future. When I feel like I'm an important person, in the world, I care about my future. I care about my family's future. I care about what's happening in my life. I want to make sure that myself as a person is working on all cylinders when I'm feeling good about myself. And that's where self-esteem comes into play. Just imagine if there was such a thing, and there is, but let's imagine there's such a thing as a self-esteem-o-meter. Okay, and it's on a scale of one being miserable and 100 being amazing. Wouldn't you agree that a life that is working 
on a self-esteem meter clocking in 85 is a far greater life than one that's only registering maybe a 32. Yes. When we, when we start to work on our self-esteem, like I said, we care about what happens in our future. We then pay attention to the decisions that we make with our health, the decisions that we make with our money, the decisions that we make with our relationships. When I've learned focusing on self-esteem, my marriage, for example, is a now a 12 out of 10. The relationships that I have with my children are possibly the most, one of the most valuable assets that I have in my life. I know that when I'm 95 years old, should I make it that long, my children will still want to spend time with me when I'm 95. That That is such a precious, that's an invaluable asset to me. My health, I'm 59 years old today as we record this, and I want to be feeling like I'm 40, like I'm 35, both physically and mentally. And I, I have a better chance of getting there when I've my self-esteem is strong yes. and healthy. When that happens, my decisions change, my habits transform. I start to pay attention to what I'm doing on a daily basis, who I'm hanging out with, what I'm listening to, what I'm reading, what I'm avoiding reading, who am I following on social media, what I'm doing in the car. All of these things add up. They're like grains of sand, these decisions that we make. And I have, a, I have an opportunity, all of us listening have an opportunity to take our daily grains of sand, which are our actions, and build a beautiful sandcastle or a mediocre mound. It's up to us. And some yeah. days are not as great as others, but over a while, if I'm, if I'm doing better more days than not every week, that adds up to a better month. That adds up to a better year. That all translates into a better, better life that we're always looking to see how can I do better and how can I improve? Because that's yeah. what my focus is. That is so brilliantly said. I agree with everything that like, it's just, you've articulated that really well. And I guess some people might be listening and saying, well, I would say, is it the chicken or the egg? And people, some might say, well, um, it's okay if you're financially, say, free and you can go and look after your health. But I would say, well, no, it really doesn't matter uh, because what you can do, if you focus on making you better and if you if you focus on just getting out and doing more that costs no money, focus on the things that aren't going to cost you any money but make you better and you find that you start to think a little bit more clearly and if you have a focus like I know you and I do, like how can I be better today than I was yesterday and growing yourself. And like you said, listening to the right things, uh, uh, not spending your time with the toxic energy and, and that kind of stuff. Then you'll start to be, uh, you'll think more clearly, you'll be focused more on creating a better view, a better version of you. And therefore you can put more focus in, all right, well, I need to change my spending habits. I need to save more. I need to seek out, um, uh, like services like uh, yourself so that I can get to where it is that I want to. But I find that uh, a lot of people that I, when I start dealing with them, they're stuck in such a rut and it's a downward spiral. Uh, but one poor decision leads to, uh, to the next. And that does 
all mean that by the time that I see people, their self-esteem can often be really shot. Their self-confidence is shot. And then when you break it apart, yes, money is part of it. Relationships is part of it. Their personal growth is part of it as well. Everything is not great. And so it's by changing those little grains of sand each and every day can really make a, a huge difference. So I, I, I love how yeah. you've, um, you've yeah. articulated. And you know, the, the good news, the good news for everyone is also this, just as we, had, I'm just like anybody else, I've got habits that I wish were, were, were better. I, I'm always looking to improve, right? So the good news is just like I learned how to develop bad habits, I yes. can learn how to develop good habits. Yes. It's, it's, it's the same. I didn't do it automatically. I do it slowly over yep. time. It's, it's thinking about these grains of sand. It, once, once I eat that Hershey bar, when I know I'm not supposed to, once I eat it, that's like, okay, that's like a, a negative for the day. But did it kill me? No, I'm still alive. I'm, I'm fine. Yes. Yet these little grains of sand, it's very subtle. You have to be very careful because the next thing you know, one Hershey bar a day for a week, for a month, for a year, that starts, that the trajectory of that direction is not one that I want to be on. Yes. I want to be on the trajectory of the apple. What does the doctor say? It doesn't They don't say a Hershey bar a day. The doctor says an apple a day keeps me away. So I want to be on that apple a day path as much as I can. If I have an apple in one day, does that really make a huge difference in my life that day? Maybe not. Maybe I do feel good that I ate something healthy, for example. However, that's an example of a positive grain of sand that's heading me into that beautiful sandcastle direction. And it's very important for us to be paying attention to what these activities are, these habits or, or the lack of habits that we're doing on a daily basis, because that's frankly where life's magic is, is in yep. the mundane, boring activities that we take for granted that our subconscious is driving us to do because that's what our automatic pilot is. Yes, brilliant. Rick, you've obviously had uh, a lot of success. You've got some um, some very high net worth uh, clients that you you work with. What does a typical day look like for you? Like a, the way that you set yourself up for success? How I, I look at my business on a daily basis and think, how can I make my clients feel heard, listened to, and seen today? Or what can I do to let them know that I'm here for them? I'm still here for them. Because one of the top values that myself and my business has is relationships. Yeah. This is why I'm in business. I'm in business with my You're clients. You're in the relationship business, aren't you? Yeah, That's I'm fun. in the relationship business. That's exactly right. I just so happen to manage a lot of people's money at the same time. And and the of all of the bricks of the foundation of my success with my business the most powerful and the largest one is the brick of trust. That brick in the foundation of my business is there and it's the most important one. And the only way that I get that trust with my existing clients or any other clients is how I make them feel. 
that they feel heard, that they feel looked after, that they've got Rick in their back pocket, that they've got this wisdom helping guide them down this unknown journey that they just don't feel like they want to go on by themselves and, and nor should they. So daily, do I take actions necessarily? To, do I call my clients once a day every day? No, I don't. However, I'm always figuring out and learning what can I be doing this week or this month or, or whatever to just slightly and gently let them know, hey, I'm here. I'm here for you. Everything is under control. Everything is in good shape. Uh, not much that you need to worry about these days because it's all about emotions. It's all about keeping the relationship happy and alive and, and vibrant and fertilized. There's many other things that I do on a daily basis. However, that's really the one prime one that I'm focused on regularly all the time. Yeah, sweet. So I think I know the answer to, to this one, but what would you say is your superpower? I'd say uh, relationship building is a yeah. superpower for sure. Yeah. And uh, I, I do bring an element of calm, cool, and collectedness. Uh, yeah. I'm, of the superpowers that I personally possess, that's one that I, I feel like is a, 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 a honey flavor that attracts a certain bee because people can feel very nervous when it comes to their money, if their investments are not going in the direction that they want to, and everyone wants those to be up, but it's not always up. Yet if I'm able to help uh, give them that warm blanket in those cold periods of time, that makes them feel like everything's still okay. Yes, yeah. And apart from the Hershey bar, what would you say is your kryptonite then? Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, is, okay. is, I don't even know what they are. We don't have those here, I don't think. So what, <laughs> what are they? Well, anything, anything peanut butter is a big weakness. I'm a big, I'm, hugeness is also Ben and Jerry's ice cream. That's a, that's a big one for me. Right. But uh, I, you'll be proud of me, Rob. I've never focused so much attention on my health than in the past 12 months. Yeah. Uh, no. As I'm, uh, like everyone else, I'm not getting any younger. And it's like I mentioned before, my kids would love to spend time with me when I'm 95 and doing what I can right now to plant those seeds so that my senior years are germinating well. And I want that to happen. If I can have any, any control over that, I will do that. Yeah, well done. I mean, just like you do, like you're setting people up, hopefully earlier so that uh, when they get to, you know, beyond 60 and so forth, that they can... Um, I guess I won't say do nothing because I don't think you can ever do nothing, uh, but you have more financial freedom to, uh, to do whatever it is that you, you want to. Similarly, where I see uh, my elderly clients uh, turn up when they first start working with me, I think as humans, we can get away with, I'm going to say abusing our bodies for about 20 to 30 years before it starts to show up in ways that we really do not like. And like I'm, I'm turned 56 this year. And uh, my family tree is a very unhealthy tree, right? It, I, I have bad health on both sides of the family and all my parents and grandparents have passed on. Uh, so for me, what it means is I've got to double down on that health right now. 
And I, so um, just like what you do, I don't think it really matters what age you're at. You've got to double down on your wealth. You've got to double down on your health so that you can enjoy those things uh, later in life. And so, yes, you and I get, are getting older. But, yeah, I feel like I still feel like I'm 32. Don't ask me why it's 32. It's just people ask me my age. I say, yeah, I'm 32. And I say, hang on. Works for me. Um, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not that, but that's how I feel. And my body feels that way because I'm, I'm fueling myself the right way. I'm doing the right things. I'm taking care of, you know, the finances and all that kind of thing uh, as well. So um, yeah, brilliant. Um, so uh, last question, people are say sitting on the fence right now and they've never thought about using a financial advisor. Uh, what would be, the one thing that you would say to them to get them to take action? I would say this, as humans, we are communal, meaning that we thrive on relationships. When we were born day one, we didn't make it to day two without a great relationship in our life. When you think about that, and we don't forget that as human beings. So can you do your finances, your money on your own? Absolutely. No doubt. There's no rule against that. By all means, go for it if you can, and if you feel like you have the capacity. Yet, I would also suggest that if you are in, say, I'm in Dallas, Texas, if you're in Dallas, Texas, and you want to go to New York, it would be faster if you took an airplane versus walk. Yes. <laughs> and if you're walking, you're kind of doing it on your own. However, if you want to potentially faster way to get where you want, or at least a more effective way to get, odds are that you'll have a better chance to find that path with that, to bring the analogy back in, that second flashlight in the darkroom. You yeah. can still use your own, that's fine. However, just imagine the, the path that you could possibly forge for yourself with two lights shining versus one. So, I encourage those who would prefer to have a relationship in their life in this manner to consider a financial advisor. Those of you who feel like you would prefer to do things on your own, that is perfectly fine. Yet it's been my experience that when you're working with someone who's very competent, knows what they're doing and accomplished, you may get to where you want to go in a bit, a bit faster fashion. Yeah, well said. I think uh, today, Rick, thank you so much. It's, it's been an honor for me to have you on the, the show here, um, taking it out of your busy schedule. Um, like I said at the start, uh, the financial advisor has completely changed my life. I changed career uh, because I'm in a strong financial position to be able to, to make that choice and then go on and do more what I wanted to do and grow my wealth uh, through running my own business and taking uh, full control. Uh, you need to be part of someone's um you know we need people like you to be part of our teams um so that we can go through life with confidence and know that, that we are we, we're growing our wealth and we do have that trusted person to be able to um you know achieve all the things that we want to achieve in in our wealth so um i want everybody today to if you're based in the us then please reach out to rick we're going to put uh, rich uh, rich uh, we're going to put rick's details uh in this podcast as well so reach out follow me on most uh, social media tell him how you like this podcast uh, if you're based anywhere else the principles we're talking about here 
uh, have nothing to do with any legislation or any boundaries. They're just human, humanistic success principles. And uh, Rick has got some great content on his social media uh, that you you need to follow. So um, Rick, thank you so much for today. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Ditto, Rob. Thanks so much for having me.